Hello, and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today is a big day in the Dr. Disrespect story because yesterday, Dr. Disrespect, the erstwhile Twitch streamer, returned to the world of video game streaming on his apparent new home, YouTube Gaming. Now, I wasn't a member of the audience for that stream. I actually had a lot of work to do here at the law firm, but I am told that a number of people watched it. I think we'll see in reports that we're going to discuss in this video that that number crept up potentially over a half of million concurrent viewers. So Dr. Disrespect is still a big name in streaming. There are still a lot of people across the internet who are interested in his story. And it is for that reason that I think so many reports went up yesterday and today about what this return to streaming possibly means. And unfortunately, along with those reports, as we saw when Dr. Disrespect first spoke to the Washington Post and PC Gamer, and in the whole interregnum period where it wasn't clear whether he was going to come back at all, exactly what reason Twitch banned him, that there is rampant speculation amongst journalists and outlets that really should know better. And so this video is going to actually take a look at how this was reported on, how Dr. Disrespect's return to streaming was reported on yesterday, and how it suffers from the same problems that we saw throughout this particular issue and completely ignores the concept that a contract worth tens of millions of dollars would have as part of the negotiation process a silent period that both sides have it in their best interest to remain silent about exactly what happened behind the scenes. And instead, there is rampant speculation about what Dr. Disrespect might have done that could have deserved such a draconian action. And so we'll start out with one of my favorite outlets, Kotaku, that puts on its headline, Dr. Disrespect resumes streaming to over 500,000 viewers and plenty of questions. In June, Twitch permanently banned one of its biggest stars, Guy Dr. Disrespect Beam, with no public indication as to why. If you're not new to virtual legality, you know the bulk of this story already. Now he's returned to YouTube, and as Kotaku reports, it is with questions. In regards to the ban, there's a lot of people who want to know what happened, says Dr. Disrespect. Guess what? I want you to look me in my eyes when I say this. I really want you to look me in my eyes when I say this. We still have no idea. We have no idea. Yeah, right, dude. I'm not buying that one. Bunch of phonies, he says. We have no idea, and I'm going to tell you this right now. As far as I'm concerned, we didn't do anything to warrant a ban, let alone how they ended up banning us. No communication before, no reaching out, presumably after. Boom. Done. And this matches up with everything that we have heard from him and his PR team. Look, we don't have to sit here in ignorance that Dr. Disrespect is represented by some of the best agents in the world, by the best lawyers, by the best PR teams in the world. And so there are folks that are giving him representation, that are giving him advice, that know what they are doing. And just like in this space in virtual legality, one of the things that I said is it makes a perfect amount of sense if you've got a contractual dispute, if you are disputing that Twitch had any right to declare a termination of the contract and presumably to hold on to the money that you think that they owe you to be silent about it, to let the lawyers do their job. And nothing that Dr. Disrespect or his team has said since that initial communication has given me any suggestion that that isn't what's happening behind the scenes. Now, just like the rest of the videos in this series, we don't know 
whether Twitch has some actual reason for declaring the breach. We don't. And we don't know whether or not Dr. Disrespect knows of what kind of action he could have taken to encourage that breach. What we can rely upon since he has gone out with these agents and these lawyers and these folks that wouldn't be willing to represent an individual who is just going out into public and lying about something that is so easily disproven. If Twitch wanted to pick up a phone and say, no, here's the email we sent that explained what happened, they could, that they haven't suggests that we can rely upon the fact that what Dr. Disrespect and his team is saying right here and right now is accurate that Twitch might have sent a letter that says you breached terms of service, we're keeping our $10 million or what have you, but they didn't say what that breach might have been. And without that information, Dr. Disrespect and his team is fully within their rights to say, hey, look, Twitch didn't tell us what happened. And since there's millions and millions and millions of dollars on the line, you better believe I'm considering legal action because Twitch is just trying to hold it from me. Everything that he said on this stream, or at least that was reported about what he said on this stream in various outlets that we will look at, is entirely consistent with that being the state of affairs and doesn't say one iota of an inkling of a minute point about whether or not Twitch has a legitimate claim. And I'm not going to speculate on whether they do or they don't, but I am, alas, in the minority because everyone else is willing to speculate on everything. Beam noted, they're going to quote him as he continues his stream, that the last thing I'm going to say about it, and I have to be intelligent about all of this because you're talking about a heavy contract, lots of money, so let the legal professionals do what they need to do. That's it, period. Now, there's actually, it appears to be a little bit of more context here. I'm going to pull in the PC Gamer report. Again, in green, we've got highlighted exactly what he had to say uh, directly, at least as transcribed here by PC Gamer. And he has a couple of things that add on to this particular point. One is that right after he says that this is about big money and that he's going to let the legal professionals do what they need to do, his conscience, he feels good. And that might seem like a minor point. But you can have a legal battle. You can have a discussion about these kinds of things without actually believing that you're in the right, that you might be contractually in the right, but you feel bad about what you did or what happened or how the relationship soured. Everything that he has indicated live suggests that he believes and his team believes that they're going to have an ultimate winning argument at the end of the day. And look, Everybody can be wrong. Human beings can be wrong. Highly paid, expensive legal representation and agents and PR can be wrong. But everything that I can see from what he is allowed to go out and say right now, and his team absolutely approved of this whole marketing initiative and everything, that he is allowed to say that he feels good, his conscience feels good, because he feels that he can back that Twitch didn't tell him what he did wrong, and he feels like he doesn't actually have something in the at least immediately recent past that he feels that Twitch could declare that he did wrong to get out of their contract. So his lawyers are sitting him down in their offices and telling him that they think that they have a pretty good case and that they think they can get Twitch to settle, in all likelihood, for some large portion of what Twitch would have owed him if he would have continued on with the contract. But even more in terms of kind of context here, he continues from that point and kind of calls out some of the folks that are talking uh, negligently about him. So that's your update, okay? But you know who I was talking to right there. I was talking to the small percentage, the ones that have a sense of urgency. They want to know right now because you know what they want, something bad to happen out of it, right? And that certainly seems to be the case from the journalistic outlets that I read this morning. Let's not beat around the bush. That's just a small percentage, though. The larger percentage, the true supporters, the followers of the doc, they know what I'm about. 
So there's a lot of context here, but one of the main things that he is saying here is that he wants to leave the legal professionals to do what they need to do, which entirely lines up with everything that we have spoken about in this Twitch Bands Dr. Disrespect series here in Virtual Legality and on this channel, which in the very first video that we did, a lawyer's take on what we know, talked about the fact that high stakes contract negotiations where both sides are well represented look exactly like this. And there's no question that this is high stakes. There are millions of dollars on the line. You can pay a lot of lawyer's fees to go and defend that money if you're Twitch or to go and try to get that money if you're Dr. Disrespect. So everything lines up to a contract dispute. But the journalistic outlets that we read and that we follow if we follow video games in the video game industry, they don't want to leave it at that. Now, as you can see from this paragraph that I've highlighted in the Kotaku article, I have a lot of thoughts and this is an important paragraph and this is really the crux of what I'm talking about in this space and that we have seen as reporting on this story across the journalistic spectrum. And that's this rampant speculation. So let's take a look at this paragraph. Beam's big comeback does not mean he's in the clear. It's unclear what in the clear means in this context, but I think it's trying to say that something bad could still happen to him. While some have taken his Twitch ban to be a part of a publicity stunt, I can pretty much guarantee that it's not. The fact remains that an enormous streaming platform doesn't just tear up a multi-million dollar contract with one of its biggest earners for no reason. So that begs its own premise, right? I think we can all agree that nobody does anything for no reason, and that includes even giant multinational, international companies. But we have never posited in this space or outside of it that Twitch didn't act with some kind of reason. There are a number of reasons that we can all speculate on that are about equally reliable as everything else that's been speculated upon in this space. One of the main ones is that the actual ban happened the same week that Microsoft's Mixer platform that had just paid millions of dollars in exclusive contracts to folks like Ninja and Shroud went under. And when a major competitor that is competing with you for things like streaming resources, for exclusive contracts, for subscriptions, for subscribers and followers, goes under, the value of the contract you entered into in March looks remarkably worse in retrospect. And so if you're Twitch, and it's not a good thing, it's not a my word is my bond type approach, but if you're Twitch, you can go and tell your inside counsel or your outside counsel to look at the contracts that you have entered into in the recent past that might relate to the Mixer relationship and say, see if you can't find something that we can hold to be in breach to get out of that contract. That is not no reason. And the fact that Mixer went under immediately prior to Dr. Disrespect's ban should be a part of every single article about these stories, especially if we're just going to rampantly speculate about why what happened might have happened. But nobody, not anywhere, not on Dr. Disrespect's side, not on Twitch's side even, is suggesting that this happened for no reason. But the, the step that is skipped from all of this analysis is presuming that the reason is something that is justified. Twitch had a reason for terminating that contract, an economic reason, a governance reason. They might not have ever been comfortable with Dr. Disrespect as being the face of their company, but they sure as heck had a reason to terminate, regardless of whether Dr. Disrespect is the one that gave it to them. Continuing with this paragraph, when he first got banned, sources told Kotaku and others that Twitch abruptly ended its relationship with Beam over something very serious. In the time since... Kotaku has spoken to numerous sources in and around Twitch and has learned that even most Twitch employees do not know why Beam got exiled from the Amazon-owned streaming platform. Now, 
a more introspective journalism outlet might take a look at those two sentences together and say, hey, you know what? Maybe that early reporting wasn't as truthful or as accurate as we would have wanted it to be. And maybe we should back off a little bit and we should reflect on what we know, which is absolutely nothing about this particular set of circumstances. But Kotaku doesn't do that. Kotaku uses the fact that apparently many, many Twitch employees about their biggest name and biggest face for their platform don't have any idea why he was forced to leave as essentially some kind of conspiratorial proof that whatever it is must be very serious. Continuing with the paragraph, several have described the company's approach to this information as a quote-unquote lockdown limited to a handful of top people. Even Twitch's partnerships team, which is often involved in these sorts of matters, got bypassed. Sources told Kotaku, that's insane. Twitch's partnership team, which is what is responsible for having this relationship with Dr. Disrespect, are the ones that would know this the most, if there were something to know. And look, we can't say whether Twitch has something good or something bad or nothing at all. But what we can say is that Not being able to say that you have a source that says anything anywhere at Twitch and that Twitch has quote unquote locked down this very sensitive information to a handful of people is evidence that it exists at all is a step too far. If it's evidence that it's really something bad, that's a step past that. So what you've got in this reporting that many, many people will read is a paragraph in the middle of this article that knows nothing more than we knew before we started reading the article that essentially asks you to pontificate on the notion that, hey, if Twitch didn't share it with a lot of people, it's not that it's made up. It's not that it's nothing. It's not that we are using what might be a economic breach right under the agreement to try to get out of this bad expense that the CFO or the CEO or the COO or anybody else had. No, it's not that. It's just too important and too serious to share with anyone. Note also the corollary to this entire paragraph, which is if so few people know about it, and if it is something important and it's in lockdown, what are the chances that random internet personalities on Twitter or social media or wherever else you might've read them have access to this particular information? Those chances are absolutely nil, as I have said throughout this entire series. And so you find yourself with all of these talking heads, all of these various social media personalities, recklessly speculating on Dr. Disrespect. Now look, at the end of all this, there might be something. We don't know, but we don't in this space in virtual legality speculate on that, especially not when somebody's livelihood is on the line. This is irresponsible. Twitch clearly does not want this information in the hands of the public and has so far prevented that from happening despite sustained efforts on the part of Kotaku and other journalists, as well as a veritable stampede of rapid, rabidly curious internet denizens. Heck of a sentence there, Kotaku. But again, this goes against your premise. Everybody on earth wants to get this Dr. Disrespect information. These are some of the most popular videos on this channel because people are interested. And yes, it's a highly unusual set of affairs when this occurs. But you have just put forth in your article, in your journalism, that it's not that we can't prove it that would suggest that it might not be what we thought it was. It is the fact that we can't prove it that suggests that it's so much worse. And that's just crazy. In the absence of further information, and thanks to Beam Savvy manipulation of that vacuum, fans have rallied to his side, assuming that Twitch acted maliciously and that their favorite streamer is innocent of wrongdoing. You know, I don't think that the assumption based on a lack of information that we shouldn't act on that information we don't have 
is really the kind of stupidity that Kotaku would incline you to believe here. Twitch isn't saying anything. We don't have anything to go on. It is normal for a human being to say, hey, you know what? That corporation might not be acting so justifiably. In fact, Kotaku actually admits that to some extent. They say it's an easy judgment to make. Twitch is notoriously inconsistent. They link to this article where Twitch's latest crackdowns on sexual content are leaving streamers baffled. They're notoriously inconsistent and they're prone to a lack of communica- uh, communication and transparency. Yep, Twitch's safety advisory council rollout has been a disaster. This is not a company that you can just assume had any reason, let alone a good reason, to take a step like this. And they have a history of acting mercurially and arbitrarily. And so why wouldn't human beings that are otherwise fans of this person that have nothing else to go on say, hey, you know what? Maybe Twitch pulled another one. Instead, Kotaku basically looks down on that. This is an expected outcome when corporate secrets collide with the modern personality-driven internet. Even if something smells extremely fishy, fans and companies aren't going to drop a beloved lucrative star until circumstance leaves them with absolutely no other choice. You might say the same about the platform if you're following Twitch. You might say that all of those articles and Twitch not even being willing to tell the subscribers of the person that they just banned exactly what happened, that maybe what smells fishy is the platform and that they'll stick with the platform unless they have absolutely no other choice. But as you can see, the speculation can absolutely run both ways. And unfortunately, it's only running one way for reasons that are beyond my ken. I never followed Dr. Disrespect before this story. I wasn't a subscriber of his. I only recently checked out his long-form 24-hour streaming video that was set to announce his return to YouTube. So I I couldn't rightly be described as a fan, but I still hate to see people pilloried over rampant speculation when we don't have anything more to go on. And indeed, this was the word of the day for the reporting that I saw on this particular instance. Right? I bring up another article at Forbes from Paul Tassie, who you might recognize from a video that we did earlier called Dr. Disrespect, No News is Not Bad News, where this particular individual, this journalist, who actually does some good work with respect to Destiny and Games as a Service, I like some of his articles that he puts out there, but he put out an article about Dr. Disrespect that essentially said, well, he's not speaking about anything. This was during the silent period. And because he's not speaking about anything, I'm going to pontificate about what he might have been banned for. Maybe it was a no-knock FBI raid. Maybe he has some kind of impromiscuity that we need to know about, but that nobody's willing to talk about. And that's exactly the kind of reason why I have a video like this. Now, he actually contacted me and said that he still thinks it's okay to speculate on this. Obviously, we disagree there. Reasonable minds can differ on these kinds of things, but I always want people to be very cautious when you don't have the information you need to have, and when you're otherwise intimating and hinting at something that could be devastating to a person's livelihood and their life on the whole. Now, he put in this article a couple of things. He talked about exactly what we talked about in the Kotaku article, specifically highlighting that the last thing that Dr. Disrespect said he was going to say about the ban was, let the legal professionals do what they need to do about it. And then Mr. Tassie here in Forbes continues with, talking about the PR sanitized tour, the one that we talked about with respect to the Washington Post and the PC Gamer in this space, where he kept saying he couldn't talk about what was going on with Twitch for legal reasons. Now, if you're in virtual legality, if this isn't your first rodeo with respect to the Dr. Disrespect issue, you know what we think legal reasons for this could be. You know why we don't think it's unusual for somebody like Dr. Disrespect to go out there and say, for legal reasons, there is heavy money on the line, right? There is a ton of money. I mean, there's big money involved, so let the legal professionals do what they need to do. That is not unusual. If you had a $10 million contract with someone, anyone, 
And they said, we're terminating this contract and not paying you $10 million because you breached our terms of service and we're not giving you more specificity. You are darn right. You'd call me, you'd call your other lawyer, you'd call anybody else on planet earth to say, can we go and get some of that money? Because this is ridiculous. And that's what Dr. Disrespect did. He said, this is ridiculous. We have to try to go and get some of that money. And his lawyer said, fine, but you're a personality. You're a streamer. We know you like to talk to the public. You cannot talk about this ongoing legal dispute or else ultimately you're going to cost yourself dollars. And he says, okay. So for legal reasons, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm going to let the legal professionals do what they need to do. And Mr. Tassi at Forbes takes that and goes and spins it off into Jupiter. What legal reasons? That remains unclear. Regardless of whether you think Twitch might have a good case, there is nothing that is unclear about the millions of legal reasons that Dr. Disrespect has to be quiet. Nothing that remains unclear at all. And Paul Tassi, if you wind up watching this, if you wind up checking out this commentary like you did the last one, I am more than happy to give you quotes on this. I'm more than happy to chat with you about the legal reasons that you would have to be silent in the face of something like this. It doesn't remain unclear. What does potentially remain unclear is what, if anything, Twitch would have declared as a breach, but then you go and speculate more, perhaps more unclear than ever now, because he is now existing on another platform. At first, given that Doc's ban came immediately after a wave of Me Too allegations in the gaming industry, many of which led to Twitch bans, the logical leap was that perhaps something of that nature and or something criminal might be going on behind the scenes. That is not the logical leap from no information. That is correlation does not equal causation. And it is not the way we should think about these things. Certainly not if you're in the investigative journalism sphere. It is not a logical leap to just assume someone had a no-knock raid and they can't talk about it. That is conspiracy talk. But, he admits, there were no public accusations ever made against Doc. He has not been arrested or charged with anything in the last month. So now he's essentially mounting a comeback from something that no one knows the details of. It's a very strange situation. And this, of course, is the type of speculation that Doc has pushed back against. And I'm happy to say that virtual legality has pushed back against as well. Yet he has offered no plausible theories of his own about the ban and is now content to be quiet and let the lawyers work it out. Let me back up a step. So he never offered a theory about the ban. His position is that Twitch didn't tell him what the ban is for. And as a lawyer would tell him, you don't negotiate against yourself. We've said that in this space. You don't offer plausible theories about why you might have been banned because that plausible theory you offer might wind up being exactly what Twitch, retrospectively, of course, decides was the reason that they banned you. Oh, you know, well, Washington Post, they might have banned me for reason X or reason Y. And then Twitch looks at the article and says, yep, it was reasons X and reasons Y. That's exactly why we did it. Tell the lawyers and we're going to keep this $10 million. And in terms of now being content to be quiet and let the lawyers work it out, that has always and forever been the Dr. Disrespect stance. He has tried to be as quiet as possible with respect to these issues, and he has always, in the background, be letting the lawyers work it out. He said that in the Washington Post interview. He said that in the PC Gamer transcript. He said it now in the stream on YouTube Gaming. This is not a new stance. If you are trying to frame it as him somehow changing tack, it is not that. And so don't speculate. It does feel a little weird to see such massive support for Doc's return without ever getting clarity on the Twitch situation. Again, this presumes that we have anything to go on and that Twitch or Amazon or any large entity can't make mistakes and that we should just rely on the fact that they must have had a good reason. And I'll tell you, just like Dr. Disrespect had millions of good reasons, Twitch had millions of good reasons to do what they did, regardless of whether they were allowed to do so under their contract. 
So no one should jump to conclusions on really either side of the fence here. Anyway, so it appears that this article has gone away, uh, as is sometimes the case when we stream these videos. Some of the ads run against what we're trying to do. But suffice it to say, all of these articles that you can read, all of these references that are made to what has happened with respect to Dr. Disrespect feature the same kind of problem. And there are other problems that come up as well in terms of this reporting and maybe only are apparent if you followed this story closely. You know, Verge went out when this happened uh, and when he leaked a, a stream on his YouTube channel that said, well, he'll be splitting time between YouTube, Facebook and his own site, according to sources close to Beam. And again, I looked at that and said, sources close to Beam, I, I read that. That was from the PC Gamer interview. That was directly from what they said was going to happen. In a follow-up email, Beam clarified he's considered streaming independently on his Champions Club GG. You don't need to source this anonymously to sources close to Beam. It's what Beam actually said. So at the end of the day, you wind up with all of these articles, all of this irresponsible speculation, and we still don't know what's going to happen. But what we do know, what we can be darn sure of at this point in time is that there are a lot of folks that for whatever reason don't appear to like Dr. Disrespect very much, don't even appear to like what he's made in terms of his streaming career, don't appear to like what kind of money he makes from doing a 24-hour looping video and all these subscribers and all this support, and are instead reporting it as something that is to be looked upon negatively, are instead reporting on it as something that really needs to be a concern of ours, that people would jump on board and just think, hey, I can support him because Twitch hasn't said anything and neither has he. Well, as far as I'm concerned, you absolutely can support somebody in that context. And if and when something comes out that shows that there was a re legitimate reason for the breach, that Twitch had something to go on instead of just saving money from the mixer contracts and looks to have some good reason for severing ties with Dr. Disrespect, then absolutely judge it at that point in time. I'm not saying don't do that. What I am saying is don't have a paragraph like this. Don't rely on information like this and don't assume just because people aren't making the same judgment call that you are making, that they are any worse for wear because they aren't just believing a platform like Twitch that we already know makes mistakes because they said that something bad happened and they're not telling why. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, we have that entire series on Dr. Disrespect, which is linked as part of a playlist, I believe, on the main channel. So please do check that out. Uh, if you like other things related to video games, pop culture, movies, music, we are constantly talking about business and law through the prism of that pop culture experience, the news and other items that we are otherwise reading or enjoying in the regular time of our lives. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.